In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the internationally acclaimed OGGN HSE podcast sponsored by, we're proud to say, Anderson Hauser, a global leader in measurement instrumentation services and solutions for industrial process engineering. Anderson Hauser, the people for process automation. The Oil and Gas Global Network, OGGN, is the people for podcasts. And we are the world's leading oil and gas podcast network. Check out our entire lineup of podcasts at OGGN.com. Also, as a reminder, especially since this podcast is heard in over 100 countries, OGGN has a special relationship with a company here in Houston called the Canon. Canon has built and is continuing to build the only global, virtual, and physical network of entrepreneurs, startups, investors, advisors, and even established companies for the purpose of connecting innovators of all types and from all backgrounds with the resources they need to succeed. And as a matter of fact, through OGGN's strategic partnership with the Canon and this enterprise and our other industry partners, there isn't an oil and gas resource or expert we can't provide for you, including our own speakers bureau for any conference or meeting you might need to fill a program with. Just reach out to me on LinkedIn for details regarding your particular situation. My LinkedIn contact information is in the show notes. Also, if you are in or ever come to Houston and need temporary office or desk space, mention OGGN at the front desk of the Canon for a free day pass. And the Canon is where we host most of our Houston OGGN industry mixers, and they're normally held the last Thursday of every month, but sometimes they change, so you can check our website for details on that. All right. Due to the Thanksgiving holiday week, and I do hope you caught my short, special Thanksgiving inspirational edition, but here in the United States, Thanksgiving has become a week-long recess, and that along with other circumstances beyond our control, the next two guests scheduled for the next two shows are having to reschedule. So today, my guest on the show is me. Now, admittedly, I may be a little bit biased, but I'm excited to have him on the show on the day. So let's get right to it. My buddy George, and I still can't pronounce his last name, even though I interviewed him on the podcast a few months ago. He's known on LinkedIn as George the Safety Guy, and that was how we billed him when he came on the show. But it's George, and his last name is spelled O-N-U-A-G-U-L-U-C-H-I. And if you want to look them on LinkedIn, that's why I spelled that up for you. But George has a real passion for HSE, and he frequently communicates this with posts on LinkedIn, and they seem to get a lot of reaction. His most recent post that I saw was a video entitled, Five Ways People Find Themselves in This Beautiful Profession Called HSE. Now, okay, some of us might be a little too macho to describe the HSE profession as beautiful, but the sentiment, the appetite, if you please, for his profession is certainly exuded by that word, and it's something that all of us in HSE ought to have. And first of all, as you've heard me say over and over again, all of us are HSE professionals. 
I don't care if you're the CEO. In fact, especially if you're the CEO or top level executive management, because a successful safety culture in almost any company has to be led from the top. But all of us in the oil and gas industry, from upstream, midstream, or downstream, whatever our role, we all want to see, as the theme, as the theme of this show states, that everyone comes home safe. All of us, whether directly or indirectly, are responsible for HSE, and we need to have a passion for it. Now, it was interesting to me that George listed in his five ways people find themselves in HSE as number one, he said, through experiencing incidents or accidents. In my very varied experience interviewing HSE folks, I don't know if I would list that as number one, and I'm not sure George was necessarily prioritizing them. But I will say it seems to me that those who are in HSE and have experienced incidents or accidents seem to make some of the best HSE professionals. And if you think about it, this is good in one sense, but it's bad in another. It's certainly good to learn from experience and let the unfortunate resulting consequences fuel you. But it's better if we can find this drive before bad things happen so that bad things don't happen. Of course, as we said over and over again on this podcast, complacency is the big boogeyman here. And George's number two way he said people get into HSE is through inspiration and influence. If that's how you got into HSE, oh, and did we say all of us are in HSE? Mm, Can't remember. Then make sure that we all stay in it by continuing to inspire and influence one another. So I went to the website of the leading workers' compensation provider in Texas. They insure over 70,000 business owners and 1.5 million employees, including, but not just limited to oil and gas. And I went there to find, and what I want to do is provide you some, what I hope are some useful ideas to inspire and influence your safety program where you work and where you can combat that enormous threat and enemy called complacency. And so for this podcast, here are three steps to a better safety program. Number one, plan. Now I know you say, well, we all have we all have safety plans. Yeah. And and in fact, everybody has them sitting on the shelf somewhere a lot of times. When I say get a plan and when I say plan, I mean get a plan in place and not something that's just boilerplated so that you can satisfy ISN or, or whatever other network you have to do to satisfy the vendors and the companies that you work for. But get a customized plan. Get something that specifically relates to what you do and not, as I said, just some some boilerplated thing that you print out and stick it up on the shelf. And with that, as part of your planning process, you have to emphasize safety with your management team. As I said a while ago, a good safety culture has to begin from the top. And when your managers value safety, then your employees will, will value safety. If your managers don't value safety, then don't expect it from your employees. And along those lines, you should issue a clear policy statement. Your people need to understand that there's a comprehensive commitment to safety that goes all the way to the top top of the company. And you put it in writing and and you make it available to all employees. You have to shift your culture. And we use that word a lot, safety culture. What is safety culture? 
a safety culture is the way safety is perceived. It's the way safety is valued. It's the way safety is prioritized. And it's the way safety is integrated in the workplace. It reflects the commitment to safety at all levels from executives to frontline employees. Put simply, a safety culture is a set of core values and behaviors that emphasize safety as an overriding priority. And having a positive safety culture not only leads to what we said, having everyone come home safely, but it has many economic benefits as well. You can lower your workers' compensation costs, for example, lower your your insurance premiums overall. It increases employee retention. It's easier for you to recruit and have a more engaged workforce. And of course, you have fewer lost days. Of course, and this should probably go without saying, but what should go without saying needs to be said, you have to designate a point person for your safety program. And that means giving them real authority to implement your policies. It may be a corny phrase, but safety, after all, doesn't happen by accident. You have to commit the money and the resources necessary to implement the safety plan. And you have to hold and attend safety meetings. And I know some people think that in the deepest, darkest corner of hell is a meeting. But safety meetings are a great way to make information available to employees and and to remind them and, and to demonstrate your continuing commitment to a safer workplace. It doesn't just have to be a safety meeting. I'm sure you have training meetings and you have various different planning meetings and a variety of different kinds of meetings, and you can add safety to the mix. You can start almost any meeting with a safety reminder. You can include safety tips in company emails or newsletters. And of course, you can have specific safety meetings, and that's that's a really good idea. And there are a lot of safety webinars that are out there on the, the internet that are accessible to Hey, it's Mark LaCour, Editor-in-Chief here at OGGN. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to share a couple of things for December. First is no industry mixer. We'll pick those back up in January. Second, from myself and from my entire OGGN team, we want to wish each and every one of you happy holidays, a Merry Christmas, a wonderful New Year's. Everybody stay safe. We're really looking forward to hitting 2022 with all of you. So thank you for being listeners. Have a great holiday. Have a great end of the year. Finally, in the planning process, know how your company works. As we talked about, you can't just have a boilerplated safety plan. And so creating a workable safety place means developing safety rules and procedures that apply specifically to the equipment you use and the type of work that's taking place. And the more familiar you are with the unique tasks of your company, the more reliable you can be in identifying the root causes of potential accidents. You have to assess your safety risks. Here are four things to consider in assessing your your safety risks. And one that is often overlooked is, first of all, driving danger. The workers' comp companies tell us that motor vehicle crashes are a leading cause of workers' comp claims in many industries, and especially the oil and gas industry. And whether you have fleet vehicles or employees are simply driving to and from meetings, driving poses a serious risk that training and company policies can reduce. Recognize facility and environmental hazards. Slips, trips, and falls are some of the most common causes of workplace injuries. Also watch for noise and vibration hazards, heat safety, and also general housekeeping issues. 
ergonomic issues. We oftentimes think about, especially in the oil and gas industry, well, safety is all about being out there on, on the rig and that sort of thing. It's in the office as well. And not just the office, but out on the rig, any kind of work task that's repetitive, strenuous, done in awkward postures, or that puts pressure on specific body parts, that can cause ergonomic problems. And like I said, that's from office jobs to physical work. And anyone in any job can experience ergonomic issues. And then in the oil and gas industry, a lot of times there are chemical and biological hazards from cleaning products to dangerous chemicals. You can find yourself in a position where you have to to manage these risks, but know how your company works. And then follow your own rules. Remember, you set the tone for success or failure of your plan when you and your management team do things the safe way. Provide a model for your employees to follow, make your people aware of your expectations, and lead by example. And finally, in the planning process, seek employee input on the elements of your safety plan. Who knows the equipment better than the people who use it regularly? So talk to them. Ask your employees advice when you're creating the safety program. You'll get a a more comprehensive plan, but more importantly, you'll get a more cooperative workforce. Some people even suggest you create a safety award program with incentives and maybe even employee participation where they nominate recipients. So three steps to a better safety plan. Number one, plan. Number two, train. And the beginning of training is just like the beginning of the the safety plan. Obviously, it can't be boilerplated. You have to provide the right training. Once you've developed your plan, you implement a training program that gives your employees the information they need to work in a safe place. You need guidelines that help create the right program for your specific business. Train your managers first. If management doesn't know your safety procedures and the proper strategies for using equipment, it won't become a part of your employee culture. It's managers who ensure that your entire workforce knows and follows the planks of your safety plan. Make employees aware of the safety aspects of your industry. Not enough to know their job, they need to know about their job. Inform workers about the potential hazards of your industry. Make sure they know how to use the equipment that they'll encounter. Emphasize the proper use of safety equipment that can lower the risk associated with particular tasks. Teach your people to think prevention. Most injuries can be avoided by identifying situations likely to lead to accidents. What are the causes of injuries in your workplace? Carelessness, improperly stored equipment, poor maintenance or housekeeping, lack of discipline on the work site. By helping your people learn to think prevention first, they'll be on the alert for unsafe practices and more importantly, start looking out for each other. Peer-to-peer training and awareness is a powerful tool and you should use it to your advantage. Then in the training process, reinforce your safety plan regularly with updates and reviews, or we might say train and train again. Reinforcement creates a lasting safety routine that sustains your accident prevention program even as equipment changes and new employees come on board. Make sure the training you're providing is job appropriate, as we talked about already, and make sure the training is understandable. It goes without saying communication is is the key to everything, but it's the key to training. So avoid making your sessions so lengthy or technical that they lose all meaning. Also keep in mind the backgrounds of your employees and make safety training material available in a language that they fully understand. And since we talk about not making sessions too lengthy, let's get to the last and final step 
in establishing a better safety program, and that is analyze. You have to analyze and evaluate your program. Analysis and reinforcement are, are essential to getting the most out of your safety program. Use checklists to maximize your effectiveness. When accidents and illnesses and when those bad things happen, analyze the incidents. Analyze the data and be proactive to try to prevent future problems. Analyze hazards. Hazard analysis relies on inspection data with an eye toward eliminating hazards before they cause accidents. Keep track of recurring hazards from past inspections that indicate the need for more training or new processes or some kind of improved engineering controls. Keep records. This is an essential step in the safety process. You need the necessary documentation to track trends, assess threats to your employees, and ensure proper implementation of your plan. In fact, OSHA requires companies in many industries to keep accident records. In addition, companies carrying workers' comp insurance are required to maintain a record of on-the-job injuries. So maintenance records and other documentation is a key part of this process. Inspect. Conduct self-inspections routinely and regularly with the express purpose of improving workplace safety. Inspections should include routine maintenance, proper use of equipment, behavior of personnel, and availability of safety materials. Immediately correct any improper activity, making sure a safe environment is maintained, and document your findings. Again, when an accident does occur, investigate. And even if it's a near-miss incident, investigate the site immediately and take corrective measures to prevent future occurrences. Talk to your people, interview witnesses, evaluate the worksite to identify specific causes, and then use a standard accident form to ensure consistency in reporting. Finally, alter your training and hiring practices or procedures according to these findings. And finally, always be reviewing. If you keep these records and do all this documentation, by documenting each step of the process, you're creating a company-specific guideline where you can update and improve your safety plan. Regulations change, employees change, so does equipment, and so all these things need to be constantly reviewed and considered when adjusting your plan. Well, I hope some of this information was helpful. If nothing else, I hope it was a good comprehensive refresher. If you're interested, you can check out George's other three ways people get into HSE. It's only 28 seconds, but we'll close this podcast the same way he closes his little short video. Be safe and remain positive. I want to thank everyone for listening and again remind you this podcast would not be possible if it were not for our sponsor, Anderson Hauser. They provide process solutions for flow measurement, level, pressure, temperature, analytics, and much more optimizing processes in efficiency, safety, and environmental impact. They serve many industries across the globe, including a focus in oil and gas, Anderson Houses of People for Process Automation. Please tell them thank you for sponsoring the show by going to our OGGN Anderson Hauser website, which you can find a link to in the show notes, and register for our monthly giveaway there. Also, follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter, and that contact you can also find in the show notes. Tune in again next week for another episode of Anderson Hauser's Oil and Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Like us on LinkedIn and use all of your social networking to tell your friends about us. We'll see you next time. 
Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.